Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au. So Pastor Ken, great to have you with us. Thank you for that. Let's all stand. Just give him a great Metro Church welcome. Thank you, Pastor Ken. Thank you, Pastor Jeffrey. Uh, thank you, Church. Thank you, Metro Church. It's so good to be here. Jeff and Rhonda, thank you so much. It's been, we've known each other for so many years. It's, uh, it's scary, really, <laughs> to think that we've known each other for that long. And I remember Jeff came across when I was in New South Wales and uh, preached at a pastor's conference. And we probably had 30 pastors at this little campground. And, and that's where I met Jeff the first time, is when we first connected. I picked him up from the airport and took him to met what was a place called Maru out in the back of Sydney. So we've been around for a really long time. And uh, it's just so good to be here. It's such an honour to come and preach and share with you guys and all the people online. Let me just say about the destiny offering, you cannot outgive God. Uh, we see it in Highlands. We see it all the time. As we, as we sow, we see the miracles of God all the time. And I love that. I see people we've, we've, who can have impossible situations and they sow and then the testimonies come. We just had our destiny offering, which is called Expansion. And the testimonies that are coming in already of the miracles of God, I love it. It's amazing. So I'm excited for you guys to see what God can do. I've known these guys for so long and you know, they're heroes of our movement. Honestly, they are. They, Jeff and Rhonda are literally everyday heroes, but they're heroes in our movement. Jeff's been our longest serving pastor now. And uh, it's just fantastic to see what everyday heroes can do. And I want to talk to you today about everyday heroes. You know, when you think of everyday heroes, or when you think of Bible heroes, who do you think about? Who are the great men and God and women of God in the scriptures that come to mind? Here's a few. Moses. He led those people out of the wilderness. Amazing man of God. You think of Gideon, the leader of the Israelites. I like, uh, Gideon's an interesting character. He's uh, a guy that was an unassuming guy. He was actually down in a wine press and, and threshing wheat. He was hidden. He was scared of the whole situation that was going on, and rightly so. Uh, but there he was, and God came to him and said, hey, I want you to take over and this army and win the battle. A, a really interesting character. Um, and he won with 300 men against all of those different people because God was with him. Joshua. Love Joshua. He hung around the presence of God. Sometimes we think about Joshua, and we think, oh, here he was leading the people into the promised land. But one of the things I love about Joshua is he hung around the presence of God. Moses left the presence. Joshua was still in the room. Something about the presence of God that set him up for his future. Esther, born into the kingdom for such a time as this. Now you're born into the kingdom for such a time as this. Each and every person in this room. Born into the kingdom. Born into the being in the presence of God, in the world that you're in, in your families, in your workplaces, in your colleges, in your schools, to make a difference, to stand out just like Esther did. Elijah and Elisha, great prophets. You know, as I read through the Bible and I, I study the scriptures, the thing that I noticed is you find the heroes. Something about the heroes, they were fishermen, tax collectors, prostitutes. Slaves, religious academics. I love the way Hebrews sums it up and it'll come up on the screen. But 
the heroes of faith, Hebrews 11. It says this, And what more shall I say? For what? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephunneh. And you think of that guy, he's a, he's a really interesting guy because sometimes I read these heroes of faith and I go, I know that guy, I know that guy. That, who's this guy? He was an incredible leader, incredible warrior, but he was an everyday hero. Picked out in the unknown and became this incredible hero. He was actually rejected. He was Ill- illegitimately born. He was, he was totally rejected by society, yet God chose him to lead, to make a difference in the world. And, and God's choosing you in your area of space to make a difference in the world. There was David, we know, and Samuel and the prophets, who all through faith, all through faith, not their ability, all through faith, subdued kingdoms. Changed the world around them. Worked righteousness, attained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness was made strong. Became valiant in battle, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. I love that scripture. In their weakness, became strong. Because sometimes we think, oh, how could I do this? Who am I? Yet in our weakness, in the things that we're not strong in, God makes us strong. I think everyday heroes, I think of people in this church, everyday heroes. Think about those everyday heroes. Moses said, send somebody else, I stutter. (laughs) Gideon, (laughs) I'm the smallest and the weakest Hiding in a wine press. The apostles all left Jesus. Yet God used every one of them to make a difference. Let's have a look at the Old Testament. Go to Numbers. Numbers chapter 13. Now they departed and came back to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of the children of Israel. Now let me explain a little bit what's happening. So... The, the people are in the wilderness. The Israelites have left, left Egypt. They've ended up in the wilderness. Moses is there and he's encouraging them. And he says, I'm going to send 12 spies out. So he grabbed 12 spies, 12 men, and sent them into the promised land. And they've, they're in there and they've spied out the promised land. They've come back and this is their report. And they've said, the wilderness of Paran and Kadesh, they brought them back to the word to... To, uh, word to them and all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. Then they told him, we, want, we went to the land you sent us and it truly flows with milk and honey and this is its fruit. So not only did they go and spy out the land, they brought back some evidence for the people. And I imagine if you're sitting in the wilderness and you've been wandering around the desert, I don't, don't know if you've ever been to that wilderness, but it is a wilderness. It is dry. It is just rocky and it's horrid. We're over there this year in Jordan visiting some of our missionaries. And, you know, the largest refugee camp in the world is just situated there. And you see these things. It's, our, ref, our missionaries are 15 kilometres from the Syrian border. They're actually there teaching and they're, they're teaching the doctors and nurses kids while they minister in a TB clinic. And TB's nearly been eradicated. It's quite an amazing story. They live in this, this land that is just so dry. 
And that's where these people, and all of a sudden, these spies come back with pomegranates and grapes and all this incredible food. But then they said these words, nevertheless. But sometimes I think about, what's my nevertheless? What is it that I'm saying, hold on a tick. Nevertheless, I see the opportunity, I see all the things going on, but nevertheless, and maybe your nevertheless can stop you. Maybe your nevertheless is that thing that actually stops you from going and making a difference in the world that you live in. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there, the Amalekites dwell in the land of the south, the Hittites, the Jesuites, and all the otherites dwell in the cities, dwell in the mountains, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea along the banks of the Jordan. It's amazing what you see, isn't it? Do you see the land of opportunity? Or do you see the problems that exist? There's another everyday hero and he speaks up next. He's a man called Caleb. I love Caleb. There he was. He was there. And if you read the story of Caleb in the end, he stands when they go into the promised land and says he's 80 years old. And he says, give me the mountains. Don't you love that? Because sometimes I think we say, oh, well, I'm too old or I'm too young or we bring the excuses to, to the table. But Caleb's there saying, come on, we can do this. And this is what he said. He quietened the people before Moses and said, let's go up at once and take possession, for we are able to overcome it. A man of faith. A man who said, let's do it now. Make a difference. But the men who had gone up to the land, up with him, said, we are not able to go up against these people, for they are stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out, saying, the land which we have gone... As spies is a land that devours the inhabitants. Now understand that the land didn't devour them, but that's what they thought happened. They thought they'd be devoured. He went on to say, the people whom we saw are men of great stature, and they may have been. They saw giants that descended from that from, and that came from the giants. And this is what they said, and I find this this phrase really interesting. And we are like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we are in their sight. Comparison, Comparison does not reveal the truth. Sometimes in the world we live in today where we have we're exposed to comparison all the time, social media pops up. We get all these comparisons. You look at the the highlight reels of people's lives and you compare yourself to a highlight reel rather than the reality. And comparison can stop us stepping into the destiny that God has for us. You see, it's the truth that was there is that the people in the promised land were scared of the Israelites. Yet the spies came with the report that said, we're scared of them. We cannot do it. See, without faith and trust in God, the circumstances of life has the potential to stop you. You see, we don't face fortified cities necessarily. We don't face physical giants. 
But the same problems still exist. The naysayers, the people around our life who see the problems rather than the promise. Just like those spies. They saw the problems rather than the promise of God. The realists, they point out our past and say, who do you think you are? And maybe they look at your past, not your future. Maybe they look at what the things you've done, but every person that's redeemed, every person that's come to know Jesus, every person that said, Jesus, come into my life, has a new future. Don't you love that? That we are born again. There'll be an opportunity for you today to give your life to Jesus. No matter where you are, whether you're online, whether you're in this building, there'll be that opportunity for you to say yes to Jesus because it changes your life forever. Because God, Jesus, makes your life better, makes you better at life. The naysayers look at your past. And then there's the consumers, isn't there, that exist for themselves. It's all about me. Let me consume rather than become someone who will sow into the vision and sow into the reality of what God has for your life. See, how you see yourself, the narratives, the stories of our lives we, and the stories we tell ourselves are critical to being God's heroes that he's calling us to be. What story do you tell yourself? Are you like, one of those spies who tell you a story, tell yourself the story that you can't do it, that you, cannot, you can't do that. Who do you think you are? I know the, the evil one, the devil himself, says it all the time. He says, are you sure? The same line he used to Eve, he uses to us. Are you sure, God said? Are you sure? That same lie exists today and that narrative can get in our head and we can miss the call of God through saying, I'm going to listen to that narrative. See, when you see yourself as a grasshopper, as they saw it, and don't you love that term, grasshopper? They see themselves as a grasshopper. And when you see yourself as small, sometimes you miss the opportunities that God have, has for you. When you see yourself as small, you become self-focused. But when you see yourself as God sees you, you become generous. Because it's not about you. You grab hold of the promise of God that says, I'm going to make you generous in every circumstance. When you see yourself that way, as God sees you, your generosity starts to flow out of you. And it's so confusing to the world. So confusing when we become generous. I know in Highlands world, now world, we, we try and be very generous. It's one of the marks, of what I believe, of our church. And the more we give, the more God does. And the more God gives us, it's just incredible. So in our world, we have a, a, a statement called, you matter. And it's on everything that we do because you matter to God and you matter to us. So we have caps and T-shirts and, and cups and all types of different things. And we give them away. You can't buy one. Well, you actually can buy one. We found out you can buy one. There was one in an op shop and they were selling at the op shop. We give them for free, but the op shop managed to sell them. And the more we give away, but people are blown away by the fact that we don't charge for anything. I had builders when we built our building recently and, and we were wearing, you know, the team wear You Matter t-shirts a lot and people wear them around it. The builders, a couple of big burly builder guys were there and doing some concreting and 
we were wandering around a Umata t-shirt and he came to me and said, where can I buy one of those shirts? And I said, you can't buy one. He said, but what size are you? And we gave him one. And this big burly man had tears in his eyes as he received a t-shirt. See, generosity marks you and makes a difference in the world. And that's what I love about this church and this couple is generosity comes out of them all the time. As you sow as a church, you're a generous church. It makes a difference more than you realise. It makes a difference across the globe more than you realise as you guys work in, in the international ministries of our great movement. When you see yourself as small, you think you can't do it. When you see yourself as God sees you, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. When you see yourself as small, you don't believe you can study. As Jeff was saying on the chair of our, our, our university college, Christian Heritage College, and I ran into a fellow there the other day, and he's a, he's a, I've known him since he was a young fellow, since he was a youth in, in our church in Sydney, and he was at this college. His name's Brad Whittington. And Brad's now going to become a chaplain. He's one of our pastors. He's going to become a chaplain in the Defence Force. But he's studying his master's and I caught up with him in the car park while I was there the other day and I said, Brad, how are you going? He said, oh, this is the best thing I've ever done. He said, you know what, Ken? He said, I thought I couldn't do it. He said, I didn't believe that I could academically write. He said, and I would walk away from challenging conversations rather than engage them. He said, I preach differently now. I think differently now. You see, when he saw himself as a grasshopper, when he saw himself as small, he didn't think he could study. But when he got involved in it, he started to see how God saw him, the difference he is making. Amazing. So if you want to make a difference in your life, you can sign up to CHC. Uh, just go to the website and we'd love to enrol you. That's the ad for the day. When you see yourself as small, you believe you've got to do it all yourself. When you see yourself as God sees you, you get other people involved. It's great commissions go into all the world. Make disciples of all nations. That's the Great Commission. Incredible difference. You know, when you make that statement, go about your daily life. When you actually study it out in Scripture, the Great Commission, go about your daily life, wherever you are, and make disciples. How do we do that? So simple. We love God with all of our heart, all of our mind, and all of our soul. and We love our neighbour as ourselves. It really sums up how we make disciples. Be a great friend of people. Just become a great friend. You know, if one of the things I've found is if I find a good app, I don't know about you, but I, I use the Apple iPhone, which is the only phone that works. I don't get paid by Apple, but they do work. But uh, I, if I find a good app, I tell people about it. I say, hey, have you seen this app? You know, when, as I've found Jesus, it's so easy for me not to do it in a religious way, but just say, hey, have you found Jesus? I've found this incredible encounter with God. But you know the thing that gets the door open to that? It's just by being nice to people. Being a good friend changes the world. See, when you actually catch the right image of yourself, when you actually catch how God sees you, your narrative changes. And in the church world, it's not what the church can do for me, but what I can do for the church. 
and I know from, from us as a church, as we, we're, we've got a reasonably you know, successful church and it's, it's not what the movement, our movement can do for us, it's what we can do for the movement. Because our narrative has changed. When we, when we see yourself as small, you say, what can I get? You've got to give it to me. But when you actually start to see how God sees you, you start to actually live out a different way and you start to sow into the world. You start to grow and sow and make a difference in the world because God sees you as an everyday hero. And what does that mean? It means that we be who God's created us to be. We're fearfully, and I love that, wonderfully made. Created in the image of God to make a difference in the world. That's who you are. Ephesians 3.20 says this, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly more than you ask or think through the power of God working in you. And I love that, exceedingly abundantly more. See, how do you see yourself? The difference you can make is, is so important to Perth, so important to Ballarat. I've got friends from Ballarat here this morning. So important to Toowoomba. Australia for Christ. It's a heartbeat of our movement. One of my favourite heroes in the Bible is Isaiah. And you can go to Isaiah and have a look at this scripture, but it says this. And the Lord said, who am, the Lord was saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, here am I, send me. Here am I, send me. It wasn't that Isaiah was righteous, because he had to have his mouth cleansed. It's not that he lived in a righteous land. It was his availability, his response. Here am I, send me. When God calls you, what's your answer? And I know we live in the busyness of life and the challenge of life and, oh, here I am, God, but I'm really busy with the kids. Or here I am, God, but I'm really busy with the work. Or here I am, God, I'm just really busy. But he's saying, he's looking for people that say, here I am, Lord, send me. Because there's so many unique calls in this building right now. So many unique calls online where God's calling you to be nation changers. Maybe you're called to be a church planner in this place. Maybe you're called to be a doctor who goes and changes TB in Jordan. Maybe you're called to be a person who just loves the community around you but makes an incredible difference. Here am I, Lord. Send me. But it comes back to this scripture in Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20 and 22. We all love the promises of God, don't we? The promises of God are yes and amen. We like that scripture? It's a great scripture, isn't it? And I think about that, the promises of God and yes and amen. And we've got the cricket bat today. And you think about that cricket. You think about the game of cricket. When, when you're a junior cricketer and when you learn to play cricket you are taught a certain way of doing cricket. So as you're facing the ball and you are there, and I've got to do it one-handed today, so play like Matty Hayden, and you're there and you're waiting for the ball and you take the hit and it runs out, you go, yes. You're taught always to say yes. 
And the person at the other end, they're there waiting and they're not there going, oh, I'm just leaning on my bat. They're waiting to go forward and their answer is taught to be yes. And when you get two yeses, you run and you make a run and you score. And that's the same as with God and the promises of God. The promises of God are yes. And what he's looking for from us is they're going Yes, amen, and we take the run. It's not sitting there on the back. If you watch cricket, and the worst thing that can happen is you get run out, isn't it? And we don't sit at the other end going, oh, yeah. Hmm. We'll see how that far that ball goes. Oh, yeah, oh, what can the church do for me? Oh, oh, God, you can do it yourself. You're big enough. You don't need me. But you see, the thing is with God, the joy, the joy we get, like Jeff said in the introduction, it's the joy we get to serving God, that you'll use me. And we're there as the God bowls us that ball and says, here's the promises. And we take that sweet shot and hit it and we go, yes, God. The promise becomes real to you. Everyday heroes, everyday heroes all through the scripture are the ones that say, yes, God, I take that promise. And the agreement comes with a yes and amen. A yes and amen. I don't know where you are with Jesus right now. I don't know where where you stand with him. But right now, in this room, there's the opportunity for your first yes. Yes. Your first yes. See, Scripture makes it really clear to us. If you confess with your mouth, believe in your heart, you will be saved. It's the first yes. It's the first yes. First yes to the promise of God. The promises of God, Scripture records, that you'll be born again, that you are redeemed, that your past life is taken away. Your sins are remembered no more. Not just forgiven, they go into the sea of forgetfulness as you say yes to Jesus. It's that opportunity that's presented as a movement, our heartbeat is to see people come to know Him. Not only just come to know Him, but come to the promises of God, to be an everyday hero, to pick up the call of God, to go into all the world and make a difference. That's the call of God over your life. That you have been fearfully, wonderfully created. Isn't that an amazing thought? That you've been uniquely gifted. Your personality, your quirks, your neurodiversity. God's made you, fashioned and formed you to make a difference in the world. And he's calling you. He's in heaven right now saying, singing over us actually, which I find incredible. The promises of God for you. The destiny and the call. And I sense there's people in this room today and you've felt the call of God. You're there going, God, I'd love to, but. Oh God, nevertheless. You know what? As you say yes to God. You make a difference in your life and you make a difference 
in the people's lives around you. So I want to give you the opportunity today. If you've never said yes to Jesus, maybe you've been in church all your life and you've come and, and you've been in this church or you've been in another church all your life, but you've never actually said yes. Maybe you're online and you've never said yes to Jesus. And you're wondering, why am I on this earth? Why have you placed me here, God? What is my purpose? Today is your opportunity to say yes to Jesus and step into the purposes of God. So I want to give you that opportunity right now. So I'm going to ask you in this room to close your eyes. If you're online, as you're looking at me, I'm going to ask you to make a decision. Just while no one's looking around in this room and if you're online and you're looking at me, I want to give you the opportunity to say yes to Jesus. Such a simple thing. I'm going to ask you to do this as an outward expression of an inward decision you're making. The reason we ask you to close your eyes and bow your head is this is your decision. It's not your neighbour's decision. It's not your spouse's decision. It's not your parents' decision. It's your decision to give an opportunity to say yes to Jesus. So right across this room right now, if that's you, you've never given your life to Jesus or maybe you've been away from God and you've come into this room this morning, I want to give you that opportunity. I'd be honoured to lead you in a simple prayer, a powerful prayer that will change your life forever. So right across this room, if that's you, would you raise your hand so I can see it? Just so I can pray for you. So look up into the balcony. See those people. Don't go home without him, friend. You've come all this way. Don't go home right now. I don't want to delay it, but you matter so much. You matter to God. Online right now. If you're looking down at your TV set or your device, you feel that heartbeat of God, your heart beating and you're feeling that touch from God. Would you give your life to Christ today? Awesome. Fantastic. Fantastic. Hey, if you made that decision today, I'd love you to pray this simple prayer with me. As a church, why don't we pray it together? It's a simple, but it's a powerful prayer. If you're online, pray this prayer with us. Dear Lord Jesus, I ask you to come into my life. Be my Lord and my Saviour. Forgive me for everything I've ever done wrong. And God, make yourself so real to me. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Fantastic. By the way, if you gave Jesus your yes there, either online or in the building, why don't you let us help you in the journey that you will uh, have started on with Jesus. Uh, all you got to do is text that one word. That's your first yes. Why yes? Text that through the numbers up there on the screen. It's 0488 or you can go to yes.metrochurch.org.au if you'd rather get our help via email. It comes as a Bible verse and a prayer. It's different every day. You get it for 30 days and uh, fits on one screen of a smartphone, by the way. So it's not a big uh, reading assignment or anything like that. It's a short word of encouragement every single day. 
And you know, that's not done by an algorithm. There's no AI in it. Uh, it's a young couple who are sitting right down here who are just champions of God and love to bless and love to help people. And uh, they will send that out to you. I know Sebastiano tells me that people will also ask their questions that they've got and he does his best to answer those. And Pastor Bruce helps, I know. So uh, it really is a wonderful way that you can start a journey with Jesus. And uh, we're excited about that. Let's give those people a big hand because people do that every single week. I know last Sunday morning, Last Sunday morning, when I was given that, that opportunity, two people somewhere or other immediately said yes. And then during the week, another few people did. And uh, we know that it stays up there on YouTube. And uh, only recently, somebody who was watching one of our grow sessions, I think, was it Bruce or my story, from February. And they were watching it in, I don't know, August or somewhere or other. And that's, it still had the power right all those months later to speak to their heart and they gave Jesus their yes. So congratulations on that. Thank you, Pastor Ken. Uh, I don't know about anybody else, but I wrote down notes here. Comparison does not reveal the truth. That is a brilliant take home right there. When you see yourself as small, you've got to do it all yourself. When you see yourself as God sees you, you get to partner with others. That's brilliant. Fantastic. Thank you, Pastor Ken. And thank you as well for, you know, where I've learned over the years, whenever I hear a preacher, it's never about technique or anything else. To me, it's what spirit do they carry? And if they carry a spirit of faith and of revelation, I know that I will get a deposit in my life that'll carry me forward and that'll be a blessing to me in time to come. And for me, one of the things, I know I'm a preacher, but when I hear another preacher, if I start getting revelation about other things while they're preaching, I know they've got something. And I've been, I was sitting there listening, as you can tell, but scribbling down other thoughts that uh, I believe God dropped into my heart. So thank you for coming, Ken. Give our love to Maura as well. And we appreciate the investment you're making in the future of our nation, really, through CHC and through a lot of other areas of education. Hey, listen, church, you know we do this. Uh, whether they like it or not, whether they want it or not, we as a church always want to be a blessing. It's just the way we do it. We have what we call here a love offering where we invite the church to give, to sow into the ministry of the people that come to bless us. Uh, it's not a fee. Uh, it's not a payment for services rendered. It is exactly what it says. It's us saying, we love you. We thank God for you. Now here, we want to give you something that will allow you to do the things God puts on your heart. And always as a church, we give every single amount that comes. We don't take anything out of it. We give the whole lot to those people that come. And I know this year we've been able to be a blessing in so many places to so many people. And I'm grateful to God for that and for the heart of this church that says we want to do more than applaud. We want to do more than just say thank you. We actually want to invest. Um, now you can do it on the app. And can I make a little confession? because I like to test these things out. While, not during the altar call, I'd never, that'd be rude. But while you were just giving us your last point, I said to Rhonda, I'll just do it now. And uh, I did it so quickly on the app and it's secure. It comes up with a six digit code. I don't know who set that up, but it's genius. Uh, so that you can't get scammed or anything else. And uh, so either that way or go to the Connect Hub, just tell them Love Offering. They'll help you with that. I know you can do it on the website as well. 
And that's just uh, uh, our ability to be able to be a blessing. So thank you again, Pastor Ken. And uh, we've had a busy week downloading from you a whole lot of stuff. Thank you for that investment that you made in us as a church. Let's pray for them, shall we? You know, the education sector is under fire. I know in Western Australia, you will hear story after story in the media time and time again of the pressure that our schools are under. And I don't think it's any different to any other area of life. We're in the Kimberley right now. Why? Because we believe that Jesus is the answer to what's happening up there. Amen. And you know, we started that as a by faith project. We started that without anybody or any resources for it. And yet God has opened the doors and they've been amazing doors. And I'm believing that God will do the same right across every area. Thank God for a movement that we're a part of that is engaging in this sector like never before. So let's pray. Father, we thank You for Ken, for Mora. Thank You for their team there in Highlands, in Toowoomba. Thank You, Lord, for what Ken and Mora are doing in CHC and the people that are being raised up to make an incredible difference. Thank You, Lord, for the things we did this year with Pastor Mark Edwards and hosting teachers and wanting to be a blessing. Father, we thank You for the ability You give us to make a change in the world around about us through Your great grace and Your great love. Father, bless every giver into this love offering. Lord, let them see blessing return to their life. In Jesus' Name, Amen. Amen.